Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2071. Buckle up because today we're going racing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm back across the pond in London, England, with a very special guest by the name of Jamie Chadwick. Jamie, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I think so. I'm excited to be on. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Very cool. Well, something you've done a lot of in your past. Before I give you a proper introduction and we talk about what you're doing right now, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jamie? Oh, God. Wow. Probably quite a few people know this, but I am a massive racing fan. Beyond anything else, I just am a big fan. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if many people do or don't know that about me, but yeah. Kind of makes sense with what you do, but is there a certain series of racing other than the W series we're going to be talking about today that you're really fond of? Uh, Just everything. Honestly, I I try and follow as much motorsports as I can. Yeah, it's just something that uh, well, since not since I started, but in the last few years, especially, I've just really grown into being, yeah, a bit obsessed with. Very cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into your world here. Jamie Chadwick was the 2021 champion in the W Series, a racing series that provides equal opportunities for women, eliminating the financial barriers that they have historically prevented them from progressing into the upper echelons of motorsports and all genders, actually. It's very expensive to go racing. Jamie started racing karts at the young age of 11 and earned numerous wins at club levels in the junior series. She was the youngest and first female driver to win a British GT championship and won the BRDC British Formula 3 race and the MR Challenge championship as well. She was crowned the W Series champion in 2019 and was named as a development driver for the Williams F1 team. Very cool. She drove for the Italian team Prima in 2020 competing in the Formula Regional European Championship and completed a 100-mile cycling challenge for cancer charity. That's cool, too. This year, she drives for Jenner Racing in the W Series with past Cars yeah guest Chloe Chambers. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our valued sponsor, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 For your vehicle's protection, you can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. 
Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Jamie, we're back. So we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner. I want to first go back, though. What got you involved in racing? Was it somebody in your family, or did you just go to a karting track and said, hey, Dad, Mom, I want to do that? Um, a little bit of both. Um, yeah, my older brother started in go-karts, and that's kind of how, yeah, I first heard about racing. I didn't really follow it much before that, but... It was kind of whatever my brother did, I did as well when we were growing up. So just, yeah, as child, well, in our childhood, um, no matter what we were doing, I would sort of copy what he was doing. And, and as a result, we became very competitive from a young age. So, yeah, I kind of followed him into it. He started, um, well, he was the one that dragged my parents to the go-kart track for the first time. I think he was sort of 12 or 13. And then a year or two later, I thought I would give it a go. And, yeah, it just went from there, really. Started really just as a hobby something I enjoyed doing it's a bit of fun to then kind of getting a little bit more serious and more competitive and then it kind of grew into this this thing of yeah being something I wanted to be my full-time career well it's very cool I want to move forward into the W series because I've had about four or five racers now from the W series and I love what they're doing there for you young women to get involved and breaking that financial barrier because one of the things that all the racers have had hundreds on the show talk about is the cost the cost and how do you get sponsorships and how you do all this how did you get involved with the w series how did you evolve into their series and uh, then we'll talk a little bit about some of these championships you've won yeah so obviously i was involved with the series in its first year so um yeah obviously growing up in the sport i I'd always race against men, um, you know, wanted to progress in the sport to the highest level I could, strongly believe that I'm capable of being equal with the boys in, in mixed competition. And so actually when I first heard of W Series, I wasn't a massive fan of the concept because I thought, why do we need a separate championship for women when, you know, I'm racing against men? But at the same time, I didn't have the funding to progress in um, in mixed competition or yeah, much further in, in the sport and what I was hoping to do, particularly on the single-seater side of things. So when W Series came about, it was this sort of amazing, fully funded opportunity that's professionalized women's motorsport overnight, gave us this chance to be racing on an amazing platform at the time. It was in DTM or on the DTM German Touring Car Package. And actually, you know, I love racing and it's an opportunity to be racing that I don't think I otherwise would have had. So, yeah, it was a bit of a no brainer. And then from there, it kind of 
evolved into the selection process and making sure that I can get selected for this first season. I think there were sort of a hundred odd applicants that got narrowed down to wow. the 20 drivers that, that end up racing in the first season. And that's kind of where it all started. Oh, it's very cool. How do you like this type of car? Because I know you've gotten behind the wheel of a lot of different kinds of cars. You seem to like to do a lot of different things. And one of the things I read on your resume, you teamed up with David Coulthard, the ROC Snow and Ice World Finals. That must have been something cool. How do you like this vehicle that you're driving? I mean, this is a cool car. It is a cool car. I mean, it's based on sort of what we call the Formula 3 regional kind of series. So it's just a step below Formula 3. And I think for anyone that's not had the chance to watch these single seaters on track, obviously Formula One is the pinnacle, but all of them, it's amazing what these cars and machinery can do. So yeah, to be going to, in my opinion, some of the best tracks in the world racing these cars, it's, it's pretty special. How cool is it to be a support for the F1 group? Do you get to have very, I know with COVID that restricted a lot of things, but do you get to have very much interaction with the F1 drivers and talk with them and maybe get some words of advice? And and that's going to lead me up to the next question of where your bucket list is going, but we're going to save that one for a little bit later. But do you get to to talk with these folks and, and learn a little bit more about their world? A little bit. I mean, I am, um, yeah, I obviously... I'm involved with the Williams team and so I have a great relationship with them and yeah. unfortunately last year with the COVID sort of bubbles and protocols it meant we couldn't really interact so much with anyone let alone the F1 paddock so that was a bit tougher but still to be a part of you know this F1 circus was incredible and like I said some of the circuits we're going to and the way that the events are held I remember so clearly Austin last year was by far one of the greatest experiences um, of my life having I think 400,000, over 400,000 spectators coming to watch and watching W Series as well, supporting, you know, every race that was on that weekend. It was it's pretty spectacular. So, um, yeah, this year I hope to have more interaction, um, you know, with the Formula One, what, what Formula One guys, particularly, like I said, with Williams and, yeah, learn as much as I can from them because, yeah, like you said, that's the pinnacle. Is that where you, you see yourself in the future? Do you have any aspirations for IndyCar racing as well? Yeah, I mean, the ultimate aim is, is still Formula One. Um, there's still quite a long way to go to get there. But yeah, that's still the ultimate goal. And yeah, of course, I want to be a professional driver in, you know, whatever capacity as well. So um, yeah, IndyCar, racing in the States, um, yeah, sports cars, even off-road stuff. It's my ambition to just be racing as often and yeah, in as many different things as I can. So definitely, I'd love to experience racing over over in the States as well. When I look at your Instagram account, and I'll put a link to that on Jamie Shono's page, I see you hanging around a lot of different kind of cars. You mentioned off-road. Uh, I mentioned the deal with the ROC Snow and Ice World Finals. Uh, tell us about some of the different types of cars that you've been able to drive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm fortunate to, um, yeah. Well, it's something I want to do as well. I think a lot of drivers, Drivers specialize very much in one type of car and I think it's so valuable to have experience to drive different cars and have the skill set of different things and yeah my career has definitely not been um sort of the obvious path I started in actually I started in Janetta Juniors which is a junior car racing series over in the UK Janetta yeah oh cool those are great yeah great fun and between the ages of 14 and 16 um I won a scholarship for the first year and yeah, some of the most fun I've had I had racing in those in those cars. So that was kind of my first experience of cars, age fourteen. Um, and then I progressed into sports cars. So I started racing with Aston Martin in in a GT4 car for a couple of years in the British Championship. I also did the Nurburgring 24 Hours with them, aligned with that. And then 
I went into single seaters um, sort of a bit later and went into British F3 and then obviously now W Series. And last year I was fortunate enough as well to be able to race in a new series called Extreme A, which is off-road, big electric SUVs that go to these remote locations and do these sprint races. So it has been a very career so far, but like I said, I'm, I'm really happy about that and something that I want to continue as much as I can. So it sounds like a mantra I use, if it rolls on rubber, I like it. Uh, that seems to be the same for you. you. You jumped in a lot of different things. Do you think that all the different experiences help you with the W Series in some way? Because that's such a different car, but still you get a lot of different experience in a lot of different surfaces and a lot of different, because a lot of this is mental, right? Your emotional and mental surroundings of these different kinds of races. Does that translate to the W Series? Definitely, because... The car's never the same twice. And whilst in the W Series and in circuit racing, things are probably as consistent as they can be, still things change. You have track conditions. It might be wet. It might rain one day and it might be slightly different. Or after the F1 or out, the track might feel a bit different or the car might be different. And so you need to be able to adapt as quick as possible. And by having, in my opinion, the skill set of being able to jump in any different kind of car, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, on track, off track, it gives me this ability to be able to adapt I think quicker than the most people because I've I've been have well because I've had the opportunity to drive so many different things. So I think that's something that I really want to keep doing and also just the feeling of being uncomfortable. The amount of times I've got especially in the off-road stuff got in a car and I thought this is so out of my comfort zone that then sometimes you put things into perspective um in uncomfortable environments and you're used to being in that kind of situation. I've heard this from a lot of my guests, uh, always put yourself in the uncomfortable zone because that's where good things start to happen. Uh, it doesn't seem like it at the time, but looking back, you're right. Uh, you go, oh, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I tried that. It was a great experience for sure. So has there been anything with racing with the W Series that you've learned or experienced it that, experienced that surprised you? Quite a lot, to be honest. I mean, I think... There's, it's a very different series in the way that it's structured. Um, you know, it's all centrally run, so all the cars are effectively equal in previous years. We swapped cars, we swapped engineers, and just the development in yourself as a person to have to cope with these changes constantly and swapping engineers, turning up to a new weekend with a new engineer and having to communicate with them and, yeah, develop that relationship has, has taught me a huge, huge amount. And that also said, everything is also shared. So all the data between all the cars, all the teams, all the drivers is shared. So instead of it being, um, you know, a closed book and you think you've got your little advantage, everything's open. So understanding that process and being able to learn as much from other people as well as kind of push yourself as much as possible has been key. Has it been uh, enjoyable uh, being part of Jenner racing? Because as Chloe said, Caitlyn Jenner getting involved in racing, I know way back, she's been involved in lots of car stuff and racing on the way back and athletics and all that kind of thing. How's that relationship worked? Yeah, really cool. I mean, um, yeah, obviously, like I said, W Series is still centrally run. So um, that does help in the sense that, you know, someone like Caitlin with huge amounts of experience in, in sport in general, but also even in motorsport can come in and, you know, the structure is still the same um, within the team. So she hasn't got to come in and start completely making changes and developing a race team from nothing. So that's helpful for her. And I think from our side to have a mentor and a team principal, I guess, like Caitlyn Jenner, who's as inspiring as she is and achieved what she's achieved in, in her lifetime, I think is is something that is nice to be able to look up to and, and have that support mechanism in the team. 
Yeah, a lot of learning, I would guess, um, about the mental game of athletics and sports and racing because so much of it is up in your head, right? Exactly. I mean, and also the pressure that, you know, she's experienced um, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. well, at the Olympic Games, for example, is, uh, is probably even greater than anything that most of us will ever experience in our lifetime. So, yeah, she understands the mental side of it. She understands the sporting side of it, which is the biggest part. I think any everything else, the commercial, the business side of it should follow. But the fact she understands that, you know, integral part of yeah, the sport is key. Yeah, very cool. So I'd like to ask my guests about what I call a driving inspiration. Somebody in your life that's been a key mentor, uh, influential person, someone that's really kind of helped you get over some of the barriers that you inevitably come up against when you're uh, driving a race car. Was was there somebody like that in your life? Um, definitely. I think there's two. I would say the first one is my brother, um, because he's the one that got me into it in the first place. He was the one that, yeah, um, pushed me as hard as he did being the older brother that was trying to beat his little sister um, <laughs> when we were younger. And yeah, he was hard on me, but I think he was a big part of why I was able to to succeed initially in the sport. And the other one is um, my manager, uh, a guy called Rupert, but he's actually yeah, a very, very good friend of mine. And we've worked together for sort of the past, I think, nearly five or six years. And he was a big part of why I even went into W Series in the first place. He actually runs the Veloce team as well, which is the team I race for last year so um yeah i'm fortunate i have fortunate enough to have not just those two but a whole host of people in my kind of close support network that uh yeah definitely people that have helped me um along the way awesome how would you advise another young woman who wants to follow in your path and get involved in racing i sure i assume you meet a lot of young girls that come up to you with signing times and things like that and go i want to be a race car driver just like you are there a couple key things that you advise them to do in their life to get to the level that you're at yeah i mean i don't know if i can give the best advice but what i would definitely say to anyone aspiring to get into the sport and um, well definitely female to get in, by get into the sport now is the opportunities are so great at the moment. You know, when I started out, I started to see this movement of these opportunities coming about and I've had opportunities like the start of W Series and the inception of that. But now, honestly, I look back at the young girls coming through and there's so many fantastic opportunities. And I think if you focus on performance and do the best job you can, then these doors will open if you're successful because the sport is really having this amazing push towards women in the sport. I've seen this happen to women in the automotive sector as well. I've had hundreds of women on the show and I've been doing this for almost eight years now. And I really started to see a change that you said maybe two, three years ago, more in women being inclusive, being invited into the automotive sector, not just racing, but the, the professional sector as well. And uh, it's really bringing about a lot of nice changes and also in clubs, because before car clubs, and I've been a member of many, are kind of good old boys groups. And a lot of guys, let's say in my generation, I'm not going to call myself old, although some days I feel a little bit old, they would not be very welcoming. It's like, well, girls don't like cars. Women don't like cars. This is, you know, our group. And now a lot of people, and I've got some friends doing this, particularly the same, the Porsche club, BMW club, that are really changing things up. And all of a sudden you're seeing some fresh new ideas, fresh new faces. I've seen it locally here with a group called Avance. They have women's groups. They get together and they do training sessions for car care and service on your vehicles and driving events and tours. So it's, it's a nice refreshing change. So it's good to see, especially in the series you're in. Massively. And I've noticed a shift as well. Um, and it's, it's natural. I think if you see an environment that, you know, even if the men in that environment are accepting of women and want them to get involved, 
if you look at it and you just see all your colleagues, if you're an engineer, for example, and everyone that you work with every day, there's not a single other female in that environment. It's tough and it will put you off naturally. So I think the fact that we are getting more women involved in the sport as a whole um, across the board and not just the sport, the whole automotive sector, I think is going to have a very positive domino effect going forwards. Absolutely. Uh, my listeners know this. My wife, uh, we've been married almost 40 years and she's an engineer. And in her early career, she was the only woman in the office working as an engineer. And it was really challenging. I mean, the way she was treated and, but her boss gave her great advice and said, you need to dazzle them with your brilliance because she's a very smart woman, way smarter than me. That's for sure. And so that's what she did. And you earn respect that way. And eventually the men started realizing, okay, we have somebody here that in some cases she was way smarter than most of the men she was working around too. So I think they had to get on their toes a little sharper after that. Amazing. But that's the problem she should have had to have necessarily earned a respect. I think she should have immediately had, you know, well, that kind of. this was back in the 80s. So very different wow. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, very different time. And uh, I think when she got her California license to practice engineering, I think she was one of the only women who went in to take this big three-day, two-day, three-day test they did. Um, plus, she was, she was eight and a half months pregnant with her first child at the same time. Wow. So Amazing. <laughs> that added some interesting things. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge you face and how you dealt with that. So keep that in mind. Keep the seatbelts cinched tight. We're going to take some more laps today with Jamie Chadwick with the W Series. We'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because, well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, 
And I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit TechForce Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. So let's talk about this. I asked all my guests to drum up something that was really challenging, and it wasn't to bring the pain back. This is more about looking back, what did it teach you? It was so incredibly valuable. Racing, oh my gosh, you've chosen something, Jamie, that is ups and downs. Um, your whole career is going to be like this. That's just the way it is. But take us on a bit of a bumpy ride, perhaps. I was going to say there's so many variables in racing. It's never plain sailing. So there's it's just all moments or many, many moments I can think of that are other sort of struggle, struggle days that, yeah, they're a bit painful. But I think, the yeah, the biggest setback or difficulty I'd faced career-wise or professionally was 2020 so the year that COVID hit um I still actually ended up racing I raced for arguably the best team in in the world in junior series uh, called Prema and I was racing in a regional championship um former regional championship and I had a big sponsor from New Zealand that was supporting my journey who amazingly backed me and really helped me in, in that phase of my career a guy called David Dicker road in cars and yeah I on the face of it had everything set for the perfect year I knew if I had success in that championship I would secure funding in the seat that I needed in the next step and it was all kind of a plain sailing journey my route to Formula One set if I could just get the results which in the back of my mind was going to be quite simple because I'd had success in every other championship that I'd raced in I was now with the top team I'd never been with the top team before and it was good to go and the year was terrible <laughs> I struggled so much and there's a few factors that, you know, added up to that. Um, yeah, one of them is definitely the physical aspect of motorsport. I wasn't strong enough for that car at the time and lacked performance as a result. And it was just such a hard year. And I got to the end of the year, lost my sponsor. So unfortunately, David didn't support that next year um, of racing, although, you know, he's still, you know, a great mentor and helps me, um, you know, and supports me in my career elsewhere. Um, and I lost the opportunity to continue racing with Prema, obviously, in, in anything like F3. So that was like a big kind of like, that's it. The career is written off and I didn't have many other options in the pipeline. But fortunately, W Series was still something that, you know, I could have and race in. And so I went back to racing W Series on the Formula One package and yeah, managed to win the championship last year, which was kind of the turnaround of fortune I needed. Yeah. Well, in that challenge, what was the biggest lesson there? Because you mentioned one thing, being physically fit to manage that type of vehicle. And that's one of the things over the years we've heard from naysayers of women racing is, oh, they can't handle the, the cars that travel at that speed and so forth. Because you're just physically, you're different. And so how do you how do you deal with that? Was that the big lesson there that I've got to become maybe even more fit, different kind of training regimen, uh, nutrition, all those things that go into being a premier athlete? Yeah, definitely part of me, you know, turned around and thought, okay, I need to get a lot stronger and, and deal with this and be fitter and stronger. But also with that, you know, understanding that men and women are different. And yeah, instead of developing the car to have a performance disadvantage to make it easier to drive, let's think of a way that we can do it without losing performance let's work out okay. and I didn't do that enough or to the extent that I needed to do it too I am um, settled to have what felt like a performance disadvantage when I think in reality I could have worked a lot harder and understood the engineering side better to find yeah results or things that we could do that could not sort of 
be it a detriment to performance. So in all that negative experience taught you incredibly valuable lessons moving forward, right? Massively. And I think everything happens for a reason. Um, I came back way stronger from it than uh, both physically and mentally um, than ever before. And I feel much more prepared as, as a result. Absolutely. And we spoke earlier a little bit about what I call a bucket list, your future, things you'd like to look at down the road. And I, I don't like to take people too much further than maybe three years, four years, because Boy, when you have things like COVID thrown at you, uh, that, that disrupted the whole world. Still is in many respects, and there's financial things and all that. But again, is is F1 the ultimate challenge for you? Is that really that pinnacle point in your life you'd like to be at someday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as I said, there's still a lot I need to achieve in the sport, particularly in the feeder series of Formula One, and um, not under any illusions with that. But yeah, in, in three years, I'd like to think that I've been uh, I have an opportunity to be competing in Formula Formula One if I'm competitive in in the likes of Formula Two and Formula Three in the next few years. That'll be tremendous. Now look at Formula One drivers. A lot of them compete in a lot of different series: endurance racing, off-road racing, rally racing. I mean, sometimes you don't see that, but when you start looking into these drivers' lives, and that's where I think some of this experience is going to carry you forward. Definitely, and um, I think it's valuable, especially whilst I can. You know, the guys in Formula One. They're racing 23 weekends a year. They don't have the time um, or probably contract obligation or they can't contractually um, be doing all this different stuff. So when they retire, they end up doing um, a lot of different racing, but also, you know, in their junior career, they have an opportunity to do other stuff. So that's why I think now I'm making the most of having as much opportunity to, to do as much as I can um, while I can. Although, like I said, if you get to Formula One, it's, it's not a bad problem um, to not be able to race something else because you're, you're racing in Formula One. I think it probably requires all of your attention, not just the racing, but everything around it is so exactly. intense and encompassing. So yeah, well, you're a very smart lady, Jamie. I have no doubt you're going to be sitting in one of those seats someday for sure. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now, this could be a street car or this could be a race car that you crawled into that you look back and go, wow, that was quite an experience. What was that vehicle? And maybe share a ride about that vehicle. Ooh, trying to pick one in this <laughs> is quite tricky. Do you know what? I'm going to go really off the beaten track here Good. and say I actually drove, so the Porsche Taycan, because there's not many cars that I'm, I get that impressed with. And honestly, I was blown away by it. You know, I'll tell you something funny. I had David Donahue. His father was the great Mark Donahue. Uh, the Porsche 917 racer, endurance racer. David, of course, incredible racer. And there, he's about to jump in a Brumos car to go back and race up Pikes Peak coming up soon. Cool. But he said the same thing. And now here's a guy like you, a person who's driven so many cool cars. And he said, you know, Mark, including the 918. And he said, yeah. the Taycan, that car is insane. So I got to ask now, because I saw a bunch of those. I was just down in La Jolla at the La Jolla Concours, and I saw a lot driving around on the street. And I was with my sister and my mom, and they both said, what kind of Porsche is that? I've never heard of that kind of Porsche. Yeah, I'll think of the 911s like I've always had. What, what is it about that car that intrigued you so much and makes you, I see the smile on your face. Do you like that? Okay, so there's a, one caveat to it, other than the range anxiety, any of that feeling, the actual enjoyment of driving, because I drive a lot of cars um, for a lot of different reasons, um, on track, on the road, whatever, but when I'm driving on the road, I just want something that I can efficiently get from A to B and be very comfortable with, and is smooth, does everything I want it to, everything is designed exactly how it should be. There's nothing I think, oh, I wish this button was here, or the steering wheel was a bit, you know, different, whatever. The weight of the steering wheel felt a bit different. 
honestly, the Taycan, I couldn't criticize from a drivability point of view. It's so smooth, so nice, just to get from, like I said, A to B. However, you then say you're not on the road and you then want to put your foot down and experience the acceleration on the sporting side of it. The chassis for an electric car and the battery, the size of the, given the weight of the battery in it, is very impressive. Uh, That's my kind of feedback on it. I think I don't want a supercar that, you know, you just squits your teeth every five seconds on the road, but it's amazing on track. I don't really want anything else. I just, yeah, quite happy with something pretty simple like a Taycan. Oh, there you go. Hey, well, Portia, you listeners out there, you got an ambassador here. You need to reach out. I think I'll put her in the seat of one of those cars to be driving around. That sounds like a good idea to me. There you go. little cross-marketing there, huh? Fingers crossed uh, they get that message. I got lent one a few months ago and yeah, I loved it. So yeah, that would be a pretty dream car for me at the moment. Well, see, now after listening to you and David, I got to go drive one. I've not driven one. So uh, you've not driven one? Oh, okay. Right. Drive it. Let me know what you think. Okay. I'll, Uh, I'll, I'll... like like spaceship kind of noise which i really like yeah yeah it's cool ev cars and what's coming it's pretty impressive you know we and we didn't touch on this but the e-racing series what do you think about that yes well i raced in extreme e which is uh an electric racing series and i think that's why you know i'm a purist to a degree with the sport i love what the sport you know is and stands for historically but also i'm not afraid of change and i love the fact that you know there's this new technology and everything coming into to sort of better the future, I guess. And that's why I get excited about things like the Taycan. And when it's done right, honestly, you don't know a difference. You just don't even think about it being electric. You just think it's a race car, which which is the main thing. All right, so I'm going to be your car psychologist here, Jamie. This is a unique question that I'll bet nobody's ever asked you. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive the woman in the mirror, who you are deep down inside. What kind of vehicle would you be, but more importantly... Why? Oh, <laughs> oh, this could go. This gets deep. <laughs> um, something pretty plain and simple, I think. What? Like, yeah, VW Beetle, I think. Oh, okay. I oh, don't know, no, a Fiat 500. I'm quite small. Oh, even, small even okay. Yeah. I, I'm a good city car, I think. I get around a little fishing into the small parking spaces. See, this is why this is an interesting question because most listeners would think, well, she's a racer. So you'd be something fast and technical and very intricate. I mean, you went the complete opposite, the antithesis of a modern-day race car. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what car. I'm not just on the EV train for no reason, but I, I do. I'm, I'm intrigued. And this will get so much criticism. But I really like Honda do this weird little um, – I forgot what it's called. They do this weird little electric car. Okay. And it's actually no i'm going to change that completely no. oh, oh here we go See, i'm this- going to go completely on a different i'm going to go for a yaris gr oh okay <laughs> so um that is the rally version oh, okay now i can really go into it so it's the rally road car version of the toyota yaris google it it's it's an epic car if you've not driven it it's um a lot of fun it's a little pocket rocket which i guess i could be described as i'm like i said a small person um but it, it definitely goes it's yeah super fast and i love off-road racing so i love the fact that it's it's based on a on a rally car well we we bounced all over the place there. yeah sorry i i feel like i needed to prep on that question and then i got there eventually <laughs> you got different my daughter is very petite like you and her first car we got her was a mini cooper and so her license plate was fun sized nice and a lovely british car those are fun cars to drive for sure uh definitely so 
I mentioned in your intro that you did a very long cycling event to support cancer care, cancer, resolving cancer issue. Is that one of the ways you like to give back? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I try to. I think obviously during COVID, um, we had a lot of time on our hands and there's a lot of people in, in the world that weren't as fortunate as, as a lot of us. So, yeah, I guess I try and do as much as I can when I can. Yeah, the, the charity I did it for actually is a charity um, that I've supported for many, many years um, called Hope for Tomorrow. And they um, have mobile chemotherapy units to support those that can't necessarily travel for, for their treatment. So, yeah, I was um, excited to be able to do that for um well, I had the time, fortunately, to do it during during COVID. But yeah, excited to be able to to actually do a proper challenge and and put it to a good cause. Absolutely, hope for tomorrow. Is that the name of that group? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Jamie Shunner's page for you listeners to check them out. Perhaps you can help them as well. Before I let you go, is there a great book you'd like to share with us? And I know you you ladies do a lot of traveling with this racing. Do you get a chance to read or listen to audiobooks? Um, to be honest, I've started reading a lot more because I'm a really bad person for watching too many things. On I've got an iPad and I just end up watching so many things. Easy to do these days. So um, yeah, I have started reading more. Um, there's okay, I'm going to go with three books, three very different books. Um, so one is Open by Andre Agassi. Um, so he's a tennis player, and that's amazing for any sports person. Just amazing book. Uh, another one is What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School. And that's if there's anyone with a bit more of an entrepreneurial mind out there, then that is a very good one that, um, yeah, is, is fascinating. Um, different things and yeah, things you can learn from that. And the final one is a bit of a shout out to my team boss, Caitlin Jenner. Um, I read her book. She actually gave it to me when I, when I met her for the first time. And it's her autobiography, I think. And yes, uh-huh. uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically her life. And um, yeah, absolutely fascinating. And well, we, well worth a read if you don't know much about Caitlin. Yeah, the title of that book is The Secrets of My Life. That's it. And quite an interesting life she has lived, no doubt. So uh, I'll make sure I put all three of these books. The other two are great, by the way. I've read those on Jamie's show notes page under guest recommended books. All right, we're going to go on the ultimate drive here. This is where it gets fun. I have a huge checkbook. I'm like your dream sponsor. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. You can be driving it anywhere in the world, and you can be with anyone in the world, including somebody who's passed, somebody from the past who's deceased. What does the ultimate drive look like for somebody like you? Okay, so um, 9-11 singer. Ooh. 9-11 singer, so Rob Dickinson's car, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Um, And we are going to... The south of France. Nice. Um, there's some amazing roads down there. Yeah. And with, I'm going to go very, I'm going to probably get in trouble with close friends and family here, but um, I'm going to go with, with Ricky Gervais because he's one of the funniest people, I think. And I think he'll just make me laugh. Wow. It's a long road trip. I don't need any podcasts to listen to it. Unfortunately, I won't need to listen to the Casio podcast. I can... <laughs> Just get the chat from Ricky. Yeah, he is an interesting comedian, isn't he? He steps He's out. very British. So I think that's why I personally find him quite funny. I think uh, his American audience might not think so, but um, yeah, I find him. Yeah, very funny. He's one of those disruptor comedians uh, that really steps out on some branches there. But you're, you're right. I've interviewed so many people from the UK and I've got a lot of friends there. So I've, I've learned more of your humor and I really enjoy <laughs> it. It's it's. It's different, and I really like it, but you picked 
my dream car. Uh, when I was interviewed by a racer on my own show, he asked me which car I would pick, and it's the 911 Singer. Yeah, I would love to have Rob build me a car. Fortunately, those things have gotten really expensive. Oh my yeah, gosh! Big yeah, time. yeah. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need my own sponsor to be able to get the car that I'm gonna buy for you. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you've taken me on an awesome ride, and I really appreciate you taking some time out of a very busy schedule. I know you just flew back into town. Before I let you go, could you share maybe uh, some words of wisdom, inspiration, or a success quote that might inspire others listening to us today? Oh, I don't know if I've got many words of wisdom, but a quote I always like, which is a bit bit cringe, but we I always use it within all. My team and I always use it and it's winners win. Yes. Yeah. If you're a winner, you win. And I like that. It kind of goes with the book, Think and Grow Rich. The idea that if you think like a winner, you can be a winner, right? Exactly. Yeah. I like it. I just think it, it resonates with me a bit. So uh, yeah, winners win. Definitely. I love it. So how can people learn more about you and the W Series? Um, well, A, followed the W Series this year. I think in America, it's on ESPN. Um, obviously in the UK, it's now on Sky Sports. Um, give it a watch. It's going to be a really exciting year and yeah for me um yeah just follow my social channels i guess i'll make sure i put links to all those uh twitter instagram her website uh follow this young lady uh she's already gone places and she's going places for sure and i want to do a shout out thank you to uh, barbara burns at burns group pr for introducing me to jamie barbara you brought me another winner uh winners win so there you go and uh, barbara's a winner too she's great uh appreciate that jamie thanks for being so generous with your time today and for sharing your world yeah i wish you the best success no doubt you're going places until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road And congratulations for your wins at the Miami Grand Prix this past weekend. Great racing. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!